2: Welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast with me, Dan Roebuck. On today's show, we'll be recalling some classic European nights with some of the players that lived them. David Hillier recalls the 1995 European Cup Winners' Cup run. Charlie George tells us his story behind the 1970 Fairs' Cup victory. But let's kick off with a famous win in Copenhagen with Nigel Winterburn and Alan Smith. Nigel Winterburn and Alan Smith were part of our victorious European Cup Winners' Cup team against Parma in 1994, with Smudger famously scoring the winner. Here are their memories of the game.
3: It was a terrific run. I mean, the main thing, obviously, is the final against um, Parma. I mean, nobody gave us a chance. We got a lot of injuries as well. Um, I can't actually remember the team that played That game, I couldn't name it man for man. I'd have to go back, and as I said to you before, I've looked at, I sometimes look back at the books and just to jog your memory. But I mean, against that Palmer team, nobody expected us to win that game, and we got absolutely battered for 90 minutes. But Alan Smith came up with a goal in the first half, and we, you know, we just managed to hang on really, and everything went our way. But you know, it was some achievement because, as I said to you, nobody expected us to win that competition. And, you know, it's just a great, great uh, atmosphere after the game. Listen, it's always very, very disappointing for the players that are, that are injured or don't get selected. But I think, you know, as a team, you, you're focusing on the job ahead. You put your trust in the players that are coming in, into the team. So I don't think you worry about being, if you like, understrength as a team. And we looked at the opposition, we, we knew they were good. But you just have to try and restrict them as much as possible. I just think on the that evening everything fell into place for us and maybe we were destined to win that trophy because as I say to you, on paper there was no way we were gonna win it and even people were talking about we had no chance, but you know, to pull that off. I suppose it was one of the big, big shocks, you know, of that era, you know, in, in you know, sort of cup competitions. The one thing I can remember is coming into uh, the stadium. We came in from the side, from a side entrance, and there was at the side of the pitch was uh, a podium. And the one thing I can remember, and I think it's more to do with that than the cut, was that it had winners Palmer on it, and obviously on the opposite side, it would have had winners Arsenal. But obviously we didn't see that side of it, uh, and I think that's what, as I can remember, was one of the defining moments that thought, you know okay, well, you know, listen." Nobody's going to be as stupid just to print one team as a winner. Nobody does that, no matter how strong a favourite you are. But I think maybe that just gave us the, you know, the, the spur to, to try and cause an upset. And on the night we did, as I said, and, uh, against a very, very good Palmer team as well.
4: We were up against it in terms of injuries and suspensions. Righty obviously picked up that booking in the first leg. Uh, at, sorry, the second leg at Highbury against uh, PSG so he was out of it and he was our man nicking the goals along the way um, John Jensen had done his crew shirts in the lead up we knew he was going to be there Martin Keown failed the fitness test I think the day before um, so he wasn't available either because he would have been playing in midfield so George Graham had to pick a, a weakened side you might say but the boys that came in Stevie Moura Ian Sally did a fantastic job in the middle of the park next to Port Davis, and uh, we were up against a really good side Gianfranco you know, Zola Aspirila Thomas Broly of the Italian World Cup squad that uh, summer Um, and I remember coming off the pitch the night before, we'd been training and uh, they came on and gave us a look of disdain down the nose. who on earth is this lot, so that riled us a little bit and when I got the goal, you fancied us because that back four was at its peak, Um, they just could defend with their eyes shut and uh, yes we rode our luck a little bit, Dave Seema pulled off some magnificent stops, had an injection in his ribs Um, and one of those nights, yeah, we just managed to do it. Yeah, I mean I scored a few from outside the box but yeah, not too many collector's items. So um, it started with that throwing, Lee threw it to me, I knocked it back to him and he's kind of helped it forward and they made a bit of a mess of it defensively, a lad tried to overhead kick it, came to me and it was a bit like Mickey Thomas at Anfield, a couple of lads converging on me and I had to take it quickly so I had to take the ball quite high, get my knee up and make sure I kept it down and I hit it. and. I couldn't see if it was in because Luca Bucci, their keeper, dived after the ball had gone past him. So he'd massed it and then I saw it nestling in the opposite corner inside of the right-hand post. And uh, yeah, great moment, yeah. And it came at a time when I hadn't been scoring too many those couple of years. I wasn't scoring too many for Arsenal and it was um, a bit of a miserable time, if truth be told. Uh, so that was, that was a lovely moment for me to, uh, to get a, a goal so important as that. If we hadn't have won that game... Uh, we'd have had to have gone to Newcastle to get something on the last day of the season to qualify for Europe. So all the plans were made, we were going to fly back afterwards, uh, straight back, you know, and prepare for Newcastle. But as it turned out, we didn't need that resort at Newcastle, but we still flew back. So we ended up back at Stansted about half three in the morning. Obviously a few champagnes on the flight on the way back, which was nice, but it wasn't like many people would imagine it to be. It did go right, yeah, we've, we've had one or two chances, haven't we, um... Another one at the parking Stadium a few years later, obviously the Fairs Cup got the ball rolling, didn't it, in 1970, but yeah, Paris, Champions League final, unlucky, unlucky, you need that little bit of luck, um, hopefully it's not too far in the corner the next one.
2: Let's hear from another Arsenal insider on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Well, we're talking European nights on the podcast this week and I'm pleased to say David Hillier is joining me to talk about one night in particular, but also generally a cup run that saw us get to the final, but unfortunately beat in the final. Uh, David, we've got to start, though, the season before because Arsenal beat Palmer in the Cup Winners' Cup final of 1994 you missed out on that. That must have been heartbreaking at the time. Just tell us the story behind it.
5: It was, yeah, I'd sort of just sort of got into the side really and I didn't really establish myself at all as a regular, regular. But then with the European football coming, obviously there was more pressure on the squad. So, yeah, I got, got involved in the early games. And, um, and then we went to Torino and I had probably one of my best games in an Arsenal shirt out there and um, was delighted that the gaffer had picked me to, to play in the return leg at home. But unfortunately, um, I got an injury um, early on in the game. I had some stitches in my ankle. Tried to come back on the pitch and couldn't, and it, it put me out for the final, which was it was disappointing. But I was there to celebrate. It was a fantastic goal, Alan Smith. Remember it well. We, even though I would had a couple of glasses of um, the fizzy stuff, and it was a it was a great night for for the club. You know, because George was really achieving stuff then; he was really doing well.
2: And we were hopeful that we could do the same in the 94-95 season. And again, you were looking to be involved. Uh, first of all, what do you remember about the run
5: to the final? Well, we played um, Nicosia in the early rounds. And I, I, I think I started three games in, in that, um, that run. But obviously the biggest game was with Sampdoria, double, home and away legger, where we uh, went for on penalties, Dave Seaman made some fantastic saves um, in Italy. And um, it was the first time I'd been to Italy. Travel with a squad, and it was just just an amazing experience for me.
2: Uh, Sampdoria, you started both home and away, so you started both the semi-finals. You weren't there for the penalty shot though because you've been stopped, Is that right?
5: That's right. I think I marked Jugovic um, in one of the legs because I've got his shirt and it's a treasured shirt because he was a fantastic player at the time. Um, the fact that he asked came over and asked to swap shirts to, to a young lad. It was it was great for me that, but uh, again, great experience and went on to get in the squad for the final.
2: And the final was against Real Zaragoza, um, a team that's not got that much European pedigree. So going into the final, I, I guess George and the squad were, were fairly confident that we could win back-to-back court in its cups.
5: Yeah, I, I think on paper, the, the semi-final between us and Sampdoria should have, should have been the final, really. Um, but going into the game, we, we knew they'd be a difficult proposition, technically good. It'd be hard work inside. Um, you know, the Spanish ways are. And um, a few dangers, but we didn't really have to do any extra homework, not like we did when we was playing up against players like Lombardo and saying, how do we stop Lombardo? And we had you know, set, set plans in place. We didn't have that for um, Zaragoza, but I think we took it to them. We had a few changes. I think Martin Keown um, came in. Ray Parler played central midfield. So there was a few little tweaks to the squad.
2: When did you know that you weren't
5: playing? I knew on the two days before the game, two days before the game, because the gaffer always gave us that amount of um, time to, to prepare ourselves, especially those that are starting. And obviously, if you're not playing, you, you want to know what you should be doing as well. So you're concentrating on, on coming on early, and, and I did. I did get on at half time. Uh, you did indeed. Uh, as it stood, uh, it was nil nil. Um, there were changes
2: at half time. Uh, you came on. And also Steve Morrow came on. Nigel Winterburn and Martin Keown went off. So tactically, how, how did it change? Where did you slot in?
5: I went straight into the centre-mid. As I said, I think Martin had... From recollection, I'm not sure whether Martin had played himself, pushed into the central midfield And he'd had a altercation, jumped on for a header with Ray Parler. And um, Ray had jumped underneath him. I think it cut... He had a really bad cut on his head and couldn't continue. That's why why I came onto the pitch and just you know sat in the middle and, and did what I normally do. What can you remember about the final then
2: uh, and that first half? Because it was tight. There weren't that many opportunities for either side and in lots of ways, it, I guess it almost mirrored what we saw 12 months previously because that was another tight game as well. Did Real Zaragoza su- surprise us a little bit with, with their quality and tenacity?
5: I don't think so. I think you've got to take into account that we was we was quite a tight team. We didn't we didn't score many goals. I mean, the one 0 to the Arsenal was our tag, wasn't it? And and so so they, we knew the game was tight. We wanted to make it tight. We didn't we didn't want to go all out. We wanted to contain them and and hope that um, you know we'd we'd get that one goal, that one or two goals that win the cup for us. The opening goal from uh, a
2: snyder came. 68 minutes, and then we equalised through John Hartson, 77. Um, great goal from John Hartson on the night. Pressured environment, only 13 minutes to go. How big was that, or it potentially could have been?
5: Yeah, massive. I mean, John John was a huge, a huge figure of a man. And when he was on form, he, he was, you know, and he had the bit between his teeth. And I think when he got that goal, we all thought, yeah, we've done it. And especially when you come on at half-time and you've you've contributed... Obviously, to the opposition going in front, so you're a bit disappointed that you've come on and now you're losing one nil. Um, from a personal point of view, but then to get back in it, the team to work that hard. We we knew we knew we had it in the tank. We had we had our, extra time in the tank, no problem. We'd, we'd take them on.
2: Already gone through extra time in the previous round as well. He did go into extra time. It was one yep. one uh, at the ninety minutes. Were there any massive opportunities no. for Arsenal to score in that extra half an hour? That it was tight.
5: I, I do I do remember Alan Smith. Um, Maybe I don't know. I think it might have been no. Smudger was the other one. Paul Merson. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah, yeah, I he think did he did off, have one he chance. Had he? he had a volley. yeah. I think it was a. I'm not sure we were at the bar just from recollection, but um no. I think uh, from from what I remember, Dan, the whole game was was tight. It wasn't a it wasn't an exciting game. It wasn't a you know the final that people dream about having. Um, but as you said, we wanted to take it to the wire. We wanted to go all the way.
2: Uh, it didn't go to penalties because there was a goal in the 120th minute from Naeem, uh, a former Spurs player, one of the few players that I recall knowing something about on the real Zaragoza side. Um, talk us through that goal and your um, place on the
5: pitch and how you saw it all unfold. Well, he had obviously been at Tottenham. He was, um, wasn't was our best friend from, from his previous clubs. But uh, we, as, as players, you don't really take that into account. But there was a few things said after the goal, um, you know, so we don't like him again. But yeah, as, as far as the goal goes, I remember being, um, well, so I'm centre midfield. It was on our left side of our midfield on the halfway line. Um, Naeem just got the ball opened up. I actually went out to close him down and I just got two or three yards away from him and he's literally just hooked the ball over his shoulder. It wasn't, he wasn't even looking at the goal. And if he was, it was he had eyes not only in the back of his head, there was probably in his ears as well. Um, and it just it just flew, and it just caught him to catch the wind. And I see Dave going backwards, and it was almost in slow motion. Um, he was in as much shock because he wasn't really off his line that far. It you know it just it, it kind of just carried on floating and floating and floating and carried, and carried and carried and carried, and it went. And I don't think anybody in the stadium could believe it. And then and being virtually the last kick of the game, it was um, it was a bitter. Pill to swallow
2: i guess in a situation like that there is just simply nothing you can do because that ball is either going in rose ed or somehow it's finding yeah. itself and, in the, and the worst thing it. is
5: the worst thing is then it cost me a gucci watch why did it cost you a Gucci because watch? when we went into the dressing room after the each team give the opposition a present okay and there was this little uh, parcel present by everybody's kit and it was eight nine inches long inch and a half wide little box yeah and I've just chucked it on the floor and stamped on it aggressively. And then I just watched Eddie McGoldrick open his up next to me. And it was a watch. And then I was like... So I looked around to see whether there was a spare one <laughs> and see if I could swap it over. But, uh, yeah, and it was, it was like with the Rayo Zaragoza crest on it. So
2: I, I mean, in a situation like that, the, the final minute of 120 minutes of a European final... I mean, I can imagine the dressing room. Yeah, you're smashing things up. I mean, it, it must take yeah. a little bit of time to to get over something. Yeah. Well, you've like
5: gone you've gone from the start of the game where it was so relaxed in the dressing room. I mean, I remember Eddie McGoldrick um, doing his usual showmanship in the dressing room. He used to he used to like to run around in his little slip and be funny, and everybody was really relaxed. The music was on. We was happy. We we thought we could do it. Um, and then, yeah, the feeling at the end is just sickening, and you've got to fly home and you. You don't want to see anybody. You don't want to eat anything. You don't want to drink anything. Normally, we'd be the first up there. But um, it it was tough. It was it was a tough one.
2: Not the best, obviously, at the end, but the run was good. You had the starring role in the semi-final as well. I mean, when you look back on your European uh, experience with Arsenal, I mean, there's a lot of proud performances
5: in there for me. Yeah, and I played against some fantastic um, international players. You know, the, the likes of David Ginola and people like that, just to be on a picture of them. And watch them play. Um, when he was at PSG, was just uh, just just phenomenal, you know. To, and then then you see him playing for their country. I never, I wasn't a fully fledged international, so you know, I wasn't at that level. But you, I've been on a pitch at club level with them players, so you know, I've, I have played with them. Yeah, it, when you look back, you've done done quite well.
2: And when you consider what Arsenal did in that era, getting to back-to-back European finals, I know in the in the I know the fledgling Champions League was was operating then. But to have the success in that era, in the the mid-early 90s, off the back of our ban in European football. Yes, we were dominant if you dial it back yeah. to the sort of late seventies, eighties. But it's not like it is now. I mean it was something special and unheard of. You were coming up against players that you didn't come up against, systems that you didn't come up against. I mean, Arsenal did phenomenally well under George Grove.
5: Yeah, and and because there wasn't there'd been that void of experience, I suppose, you know, those years when we wasn't involved in Europe, all players missed out on that. All English people missed out on that experience. So yeah, we was back into it new, but what he achieved then? I mean, since '89, two titles, double cup winning when we won the Coca-Cola and the FA. Um, yeah, a win and a loss in Europe. It's just, yeah, it was a phenomenal five, six years for everybody involved at the club, and it, it set us all up for the rest of our lives with, with a life in football, which was, which was great about it.
2: Well, David, thanks for popping onto the podcast to uh, remember and reminisce about the uh, European days of your career with the Gunners.
6: Thanks very much, then.
2: They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
0: When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance as america's number one finance destination yahoo finance has everything you need whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market join the millions of investors who trust yahoo finance to guide them on their financial journey for comprehensive financial news and analysis visit yahoo finance.com the number one financial destination yahoo finance.com
2: charlie george is best remembered for his goal in the 1971 fa cup final But in his first season, he was part of the team that won our first European trophy. Here's his 1970 Fairs Cup story.
6: My story about that uh, year is quite remarkable, really. To actually get into the first team, 19 years of age, and to play for your local side, which is quite amazing anyway. But to actually win a trophy in your first season is is quite frightening, really. The Fairs Cup, it was quite a funny-shaped trophy. It was long and it had, like, a couple of ears on the side of it, um... I think you you finished... I can't remember where we finished the season before, but um, we'd been to a couple of finals. We got beat by Leeds and we got beat by Swindon. So to actually get to the final uh, and win was quite amazing. It was a funny season, really, but I think I look back over the years and some of the teams that were in it were quite an impressive stature. Although the early rounds, we won quite convincingly, but some of it, there was some really good sides in it. I can't even remember how we actually qualified for it, I think we might have finished in the top six or something like that but uh, I don't know what the Inter-Cities Fairs Cup, what would that be called now? Cup winners? I haven't got a clue We won the early rounds quite convincingly we got to the semi-final and then we knew we had a game, it was against the great Ajax, Johan Cruyff team what a fantastic football team they had in the early, uh, late 60s early 70s I think they must have been the favourites to win it I think we beat them 4-1 on aggregate if I remember rightly, I'm pretty sure it was 4-1, or it might have been... Yeah, yeah, 4-1 on aggregate we beat them. Um, I actually scored two goals, that's how bad they were, and uh, one was a penalty, which wasn't a convincing penalty, and I can't really remember too much about the other one, but uh, to actually beat the great Ajax side, and Johan Cruyff, who was an amazing footballer, and he was actually the guy that set them alight, and then he went to Barcelona, and that is the way Barcelona play now, because he became their manager, and that is the way that... uh, he actually put everything into action there. The away game in Anderlecht, we were losing 3-0. Donal decided to pull me off, which was probably a good move. Ray Kennedy came on for me and scored a header, which the keeper basically should have stopped, but he didn't. So that put us in with a great chance in the return leg at Highbury. I think that... I can't actually remember what Frank said. I remember the Don, Don had sort of... Uh, You know, had a go at a few of the the, the team in in, in quite a strong way. Um, We always felt that we could score goals. And um, as I say, I can't remember what Frank actually said, but I could imagine knowing Frank, it would have been uh, a few choice words. And uh, everybody listened when he spoke. And that was a great thing about him being a captain of his stature. You know, you just listened to him and you knew he was right. And um, we put it right uh, in the return leg, which was the main thing. Great atmosphere. I don't think the stadium was full. The pitch was quite heavy. Eddie Kelly struck the first goal from the edge of the box. As the game moved on, that made it 3-2. John Radford scored with a great header, who was absolutely a fantastic centre-forward. My old neighbour, John Radford, brilliant in the air, scored with a header. And the actual winner came from John Samuels, who was our top scorer in the Bears Cup run that year. I hit a 30-yard pass to him right on his foot and he smashed it in the corner and we actually went on and won the game 4-3. Frank McClintock, our great captain, had played in so many finals, this was the only winning one he actually played in. And he wouldn't come off the pitch at the end of the game. He wouldn't let go of the cup. Absolutely amazing atmosphere. The pitch was heavy, I, I used to like heavy pitches, how we were used to in England at the time. And to actually, you know, come off at the end of the game I said to my friend, if we win the game, I'll give you my shirt. And he's still got my bloody shirt now. So I wished I hadn't done that, but I should have kept it. But that was uh, that was my story on the actual final. I think, yeah, winning the, the Fairs Cup, definitely a spring ball for the 70-71 season. We had a good squad of players. Uh, we never had any great players as such. We never had individuals. We were a team. I would say it definitely put us in great shape for the following season, that is for sure. And uh, it proved it where. We went on and won the double. Following season, we got beat in the cup. Following season, I think we finished third and got through to the semi-final. So it was definitely, uh, definitely part of, of the club moving forward.
2: Let's hear from another Arsenal insider on the Arsenal Weekly podcast. Well, we are looking back at some of the great Arsenal European nights and. None better, really, than the Gunners' 5 on win in the San Siro against Inter Milan. And I'm pleased to say that Jeremy Allardier joins me to reminisce about that night and, indeed, about that campaign. Jeremy, that was your European debut. Do you remember that?
1: It was, yeah, it was. What a game to, uh,
2: to be a European debut, by the way. What a fantastic night it was and a great result, yeah. It was a fantastic result and a result that we needed because although we were unbeaten in the Premier League, obviously, for that entire season... It didn't go well in Europe, did it? The first three group matches, we drew one, lost two, including a three-nil hammering at the hands of Inter at Highbury. Do you remember that game? First I do or? remember. Yeah, I was uh,
1: I was supposed to be on the bench, and then last minute we had the, obviously an extra player, so I, I ended up being in the stand and not being involved in the game, watching it from the stand. And and yeah, what a what a battering it was. We uh, we were just. I played all evening. I remember Martins scoring goals, Van der Like, Yeah, they were much
2: better than us. Strange, isn't it? So good domestically, but at the time in those early group games... We were second best. We got beat off uh, Kiev as well. We drew with Lokomotiv Moscow. Can you remember at the time? You know, was Arsenal puzzled about all this? You know, what was the feeling? We all felt a bit weird about it because, like you said, we were dominated
1: the the Premier League. You know, couldn't lose a game. We were just winning every game or drawing. And and, and in in Europe, we just seems to didn't work out for us. We seems to maybe I don't I, I don't really know. I don't have any explanation to it. It was just. Maybe too confident. Maybe I'm not. I'm not too sure. But um, obviously, we needed some good result in, uh, in the in the second part of the of the Champions League after them three uh, them three poor result, and uh, we managed to
2: turn he, it around. He did indeed. Just at one point, as you mentioned, from the first three games. Going to the San Siro, then we need to in, and we need to put on a decent performance because of that three nil reverse. No Patrick Vieira first and foremost, how much of a blow was that at the time for us? Well, that was massive. Obviously, Patrick was the the main man. He
1: was our captain, he was he was the center of, of you know of our team and knowing we didn't have Patrick for that trip, we we obviously uh you know we knew it was gonna be even
2: harder. And Ray Parla was the captain as well. He doesn't come across as necessarily captain material, but at the time, one of the senior guys at the club. Yeah, you know, Ray Ray's always
1: been you Know one of the main characters in the dressing room as well, he used to you know be a bit of a joker and stuff, and, and that's maybe why you know Arsene kind of felt that he uh you know he had a good uh good vibe about himself with the players, and 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 yeah, he was it was the captain that evening. And uh, you know, when you haven't got Vieira, right, you've got to find someone else, <laughs> I guess, to get the armband, so yeah, uh,
2: and, and you're on the bench, uh, and obviously. You know, potentially making your European debut and in, in somewhere like the San Siro, you must be think, "Crikey, I'm desperate to get on here. This, this is going to be fantastic."
1: Oh, fantastic! Yeah, obviously, I was desperate to, you know, to come on, make, make my uh, my European debut, and you know, there's no better place to to do so. You know, when when I got there and saw
2: the fan and the stadium, and you know, I remember, it had been, you know, what a great atmosphere. Arsenal took the lead. Thierry Henry, uh, size footer from just outside the area. It was going to plan. But then inter-equalised, can you remember anything about the inter-equaliser?
1: Yeah, I remember it because, you know, we were, you know, playing well, shape, everything was fine and then Vieri got that ball, tried a shot from quite far away outside the box, never thought it was any dangerous and he got deflected by Saul Campbell and just kind of lobbed Jens Lehman and touched the bar, went in. So it was, you know, everybody were just a bit down about it because we were playing so well and, and really... F- you know, thinking we've got this and uh, that kind of, you know, got confidence down a bit. But then,
2: you know, history and... Exactly. Second half started brilliantly. Uh, Freddie Jungberg got one back 49 minutes. It was still in the balance, though, until the final 10 minutes because we scored three goals in the final uh, 10 minutes. One of them was a Thierry Henry special. I mean, when you think about Henry, that sort of era... You know, sort of 0-2, to 4 I thought we saw the best of him. I mean, that goal was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, that was that was the best of Thierry Henry that year. I think you know he was doing it week in, week out in the Premier League, and and yeah, you know, he scored a hat trick that evening, and he was yeah, it was just fantastic. As soon as he got the ball, you could see he was going to do something on his own. He didn't he didn't need anyone, so um, now nah, it was he was magnificent.
2: I do got the fourth, 87th minute, and then you got on the pitch. Um, can you remember when the, the boss gave you a, a, a call to, to get on or anything? Or what did you get well, any was, instructions? Was game was won up, at that stage you know? to a yeah, certain game, extent.
1: Game was won, and uh, I think that's why he probably gave me my, my chance there. You know, it was the uh, end of the game. I was warming up. He called me, so I was so happy. I rushed to get, you know, to get put my shirt on, get ready. Came on and he just said to me, just stay up
2: there, make some runs and then you'll get, you'll get a chance, you'll get an opportunity. And you did get an opportunity as well because uh, there's one or two that suggest that you should have scored the fifth goal, but you're unselfish, Jeremy, you you know squared it for Robert Perez.
1: Yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. I remember you know, Ray just putting a ball down the channel. I made the run, I was fresh, beat the defender and end up kind of 1v1. You know, the angle was not... Not the best, Um, you know, unselfish, like you said. I'd rather prefer to... Nearly made a mess
2: of it, though, didn't he, Bobby?
1: Yeah, he did, yeah. I actually thought he was going to
2: take it first touch.
1: And uh, when I I saw him just taking an extra touch, I thought, oh, no, he's he's just not going to score. And then got a bit lucky there and and managed to... uh, to get the
2: advantage and put it in. Exactly, a five-on win, brilliant night in the San Siro for Arsenal and Arsenal fans went on to get out of the group but unfortunately of course we went out to Chelsea didn't we? When you you look back at that season, obviously the invincible season and I know that we got to the Champions League final in 2006 but you played in that group of players and it's almost like a miscarriage that we didn't win the Champions League either that year or the year after, the year before it, it still rankles i think doesn't i know it? yeah it it will always be it always be a
1: disappointment because how good that team were you know at that time you just you just kind of can't believe really that you never managed to to win the champions league with this team because we were just so good in the premier league which obviously is one of the biggest league in the, in the world so you just think how come they were dominated the premier league but couldn't You know, couldn't do it in the Champions League, and that's, you know, that's football, different competition, and that's, uh, you know, it's never easy.
2: Never easy, but that night was pretty special, Jeremy. Thanks for popping on the podcast. Thank you very much.
6: He's done it this time! What an extraordinary way to win the title. When an irresistible force meets an old immovable object, something's got to give. Roebuck versus. Yes, once again, it's Roebuck
2: versus for the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. And I'm pleased to say that this week, me, Dan Roebuck, is taking on the club of Ian Cook. And obviously, uh, this is a, uh, a challenge that I'm uh, up for. But while I don't think I'm going to win, given Ian's uh, terrific knowledge <laughs> oh. of the club uh, him, over the don't last don't few swap, years... Right? Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry, Ian. no pressure on this one at all. Even though I'm still... uh, Liam is with us as usual. Is our quiz master, uh, Liam? Let us know the quiz that I'm going to lose this week. Yeah, that's I was going to say, Ian. Don't worry. That is absolutely it. useless. <laughs> um, um, so we've done one of these before. I'm going to give you a game. We're okay. doing European nights this week on yep. the podcast. I'm going to give you a famous European game for yep. Arsenal, yep. and you're going to go back and forth, sudden death rules. Yep. Tell me players in the squad. Okay. Arsenal players in the squad for that game. Just Arsenal players. Yep. Okay. So the game is the UEFA Cup final. Galatasaray, okay, 17th of May 2000. Okay, and there are 18 players, 18 listed. players, so 11 starters and seven uh, subs, yep. obviously.
4: Doesn't
2: okay. matter if they came on, okay, just in the squad. Okay, start. Ian, we're gonna go, you can go first, you can have first go on this one. Okay, uh, Henri, correct, Thierry Henri is uh, in well, I'm pretty sure I know who missed the penalties, it's awful to say that, isn't it, straight away, but so I'm gonna have to go for Patrick Vieira. Correct, right. Because I know that he missed the pen. I think Davosuka was on the bench. Correct. Right. I thought Davosuka missed the other pen. Um, yes, he. Might. I think he might have missed the other pen. Yes, so that's a, a good exactly. one, because he didn't miss that many. No, no, he was had a it, nice guy. Yeah, 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 he was a good guy. Played for the legends for us. Only, only with his his us year. for about two or three years. Yeah, he wasn't. He well, wasn't well, there. He wasn't there. Um, on the bench I know he was on the bench Because I spoke to him about this was, Ni- was Nigel Winterburn Correct Because it was his last season mm. He was very annoyed That he was only on the bench And didn't get on And he sort of broke For the border after that Which is a real shame <laughs> I think he half regrets it Anyway Winterburn So we've got him well today okay. Um Dixon I'm sure Would have been involved There somewhere Correct Unless, unless he starting. was injured I was actually ill that night on the afraid I, I had food poisoning So I didn't actually Go <laughs> to that Go um, okay. yeah. Copenhagen yes. I think wasn't it? Was it the in yeah. Same as the Copenhagen I'm yeah. I yeah. uh, made it to that one. Sorry. okay, okay. so Dixon for and I'm uh, surely David Simmons you mm. got it. correct. Yes. yes. This is the longest quiz so far. I'm pleased I'm still in sure. the I'm game. To think who the reserve keeper of. I'll probably leave that for a minute. Yeah, yeah. Um, Remember, it's sudden death. If You get one wrong. <laughs> oh, right, OK. Mind sorry. you, if, if you get one wrong, then I've got to get them on the next one right. <laughs> His penalty, shoes penalty out, shootout yeah. style. Yeah. Sort of. Right, OK. Uh, yeah. Ray Parlour must have been involved there. He was, he started. Yeah, he was uh, now it starts to get difficult now for me. Um, surely Dennis Bergkamp must have played. Correct, Yep. Started. OK. Started, excellent. Uh, 3-3 Freddie has got to be
3: there somewhere no no, no. Right. so win.
2: this is for the win no Freddie goodness um, I'm going to go with Carnu Was on the bench
1: ah, <laughs> yes what a win as soccer. well that is that
2: is like a double yeah. win but who did you think was the goalkeeper not Rami Chabert I'm trying to think about that um, Manninger he would have gone by there was it the lad who played Fripswich? No. Richard, Richard Wright. Richard no. Wright. No. Was no. it Stuart, Stuart Taylor? No. I'll give you a clue. Hardest handshake in football. John Lukic. John Oh, Johnny. Yes, of course, he came back again. Some of these things. Martin Keogh. Martin Keogh, we didn't get. Silvino played instead of uh, Nigel Winsman. Marco Overmars. Oh, well, Olev Luzny. Was on the bench. James Scurrande. Stefan Maltz. Want not got Stefan Maltz. And John Lukic. So you've done really well. We've done too I'm, bad. we got seven. We've got seven yeah. out of the eighteen. Well, Cool. <laughs> okay.
7: That's a win for me, Ian. thank you very much. Well Yeah. It was not an easy game. Here at Arsenal football, Club. it's going to be a big pressure. Take the positives and, you know, look at the next game. I think
3: we showed great determination.
7: At the end of the day, we're able to get a result. Get behind each other and stick together. In the end, uh, it's, it's something that's going to give you points. The final word. The
2: final word this week is a painful one. Thierry Henry reliving the 2006 Champions League final.
7: The only thing that I think about that final is... I would have liked the ref to let Julie score and stay 11 against 11 because I think 11 against 11, they would have been in trouble. They were already in trouble 10 against 11. But I think it was, I always remember that opportunity that I had when Alex Leb gave me the ball. I had nothing in my legs because I was playing alone up front and trying to defend, trying to run at them alone. And the ball that he gave me, uh, I just collapsed. You see, I shoot and the ball one, two, no, 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 no power. And I just switched. We were eleven against eleven because I had a lot in my tank that day to run at people. But the thing is, I was doing it sometime from 60 yards away from the goal, and not 30, which is not the same thing. But as I said, you know, it was like a, kind of a weird day because we had a great run and uh, and when we went to the final. Um, but when you go to the final, you want to win it. I think it would have been amazing and it's so special because the club never won it and still hasn't won it. So that was kind of a, a weird feeling after the game. The last 15 minutes were very difficult because, as you know, playing against Barcelona, you chase the ball a lot. And uh, at the end it was kind of uh, difficult. Having said saying that, the two goals, I was pretty upset because when I went back in the dressing room, I saw that Samuel Ito was a bit offside on the first one. And the second one was a lucky goal. That ball was never going in. I don't know, even know why they gave it to Ubeletti. Because that ball wasn't going in. If the ball doesn't touch the, the foot of, uh, of Manu, that ball doesn't go in. But to win games, sometimes you need to have the luck on your side. and Maybe we didn't have it that day. Uh, we had it in the semi-final too. Because against Villarreal, I don't even know how, we didn't lose that game. But that's the way it is sometimes. Uh, we were all saying after the game, what a pity that we didn't play 11 against 11 because that changed a lot in the game after five minutes. I don't even know, five, seven, that was already uh, changed the, the course of the game, even though you still don't have to concede two goals and you still can win the game. But that uh, was all a bit too much at the end running after the ball.
2: Well, that's full time on today's pod. Thanks to all of our contributors. You can help us out by subscribing to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts to make sure you never miss an episode and while you're there why not leave us a review and five star rating on the next episode we'll be hearing from some of our scandinavian stars of the past
0: when it comes to your finances you think you've done it all